Today's the feast of the church. Isn't that true? The feast of Pentecost. We go forth to all the world. The, um, I've always thought of the best way to illustrate the church, well, is to try to become more uh, relevant, more relevant, uh, by, uh, by doing a digital ecclesiology. You know, ecclesiology is the study of the church. Have I ever shown you a good digital ecclesiology? May I show you that now? Would that be all right? Thank you. Now put your hands like this. Everybody, come on, let's go. Quick, we don't have all day. And then uh, put your hand, thumbs like this, right? Now, so this is the church. This is the steeple. Turn it upside down. Here's all the people. Now, could I point out that each of these are digits? And therefore, this is a digital ecclesiology. Are you with me? So here at St. Paul's, we are always at the cutting edge. Are you with me? Now, the matter of being part of the church is made up of people. We've just illustrated that. My father used to say, who at times was alienated from the church, used to say, you have to give credit for priests. They have to deal with everybody. That's all of us. Well, lots of other people do. Police and fire, teachers, students, everyone. In a way, we all have to deal with everybody. But it is one of the great arts of life, dealing with everybody. And above all, bringing everyone in. We all know people can empty a room. We pray we're not that. And the matter of being not centrifugal, but centripetal and bringing everyone in, which is the hallmark of what we see today in the first reading, isn't it? Dear good St. Luke's, the Acts of the Apostles. People from so many places hearing, hearing in their own tongue, each of them different, the same thing. We, uh, we have here in this vivid picture here on the far wall, the fresco. Do you see all the people there at the, at the, uh, with the pastor who built the, who did the church here and the, the cardinal? You see the priests there, and they all went to become missionaries in different parts of the world. I think the back one in China, one of them with the Native Americans in Oklahoma, and the second one in black founded Maranol. Maranol is the famous American missionary order. It was founded by a priest from North Carolina and a priest from what parish in Massachusetts? St. Paul's. And so the order, Maranol order, came here to celebrate their 100th anniversary. And that missionary gift is not simply for them, but for all of us, we have, therefore, we're really honored to have Father Tom Walsh, who, although he's a priest of the Lincoln, Nebraska Diocese, has gone over to work with the Navajo and the Zuni in New Mexico. And it's a blessing to have him with us today. We're delighted. You know, we've seen cults that promote themselves as Christian, and we're all trying to do our best. But we'll see them sort of all dressed the same way, speaking in the same way, and people will say they're really a bit too cookie-cutter identical. And uh, we do hold to unity in the creed and in all the essentials. We know that more as Catholics than just about anybody else. And people see that in us. And yet there is a certain amount of uh, freedom in things that are debatable, a certain liberty. There's that famous phrase that the Middle Ages attributed to St. Augustine. In necessaries unitas, in dubis libertas, in omnibus caritas. If anybody's here from Yale, I'll be happy to translate that at the risk of being, at the risk of being too ecumenical. Now, come on, I have to play to the alumni, please. The things I have to do to keep your attention, it's a scandal. It's a scandal. In, in necessary things, unity, in debatable things, liberty, and in all things, charity. Don't you think? Don't you think? But the... Um, Sometimes things are missing in that, in that proper freedom, and sometimes things are missing in that unity. 
But today we have a, a reading, our second reading, which is 1 Corinthians 12, and I think it's maybe the fourth to the seventh verse in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians, and it talks about <clears throat> how there are different gifts but the same Spirit. So it doesn't have to be cookie cutter identical, same Spirit, but different gifts. Different ministries, but the same Lord. It's the same Lord, but not all one ministry, different ministries. And the same God, but different works that are accomplished in everyone, but the same God. And to every person, the gifts of the Spirit are given for the common good. And that's the thing we need to reflect on and pray about and meditate on and think about its implications. My experience is a lot of people have differences that they think are a threat, which are actually what God put in them to go out for the life of the world. You know, we often say when there are different priests in a parish and a rectory that we have different priests for different people. Different priests have different temperament, interests, hobbies, insights, gaps, hopes, wishes, and so on. And in a way, pray God, they help relate to people of all those different temperaments and gifts. Never completely concedo, but it's sort of a nice try, and so with all of us. And so with all of us. And so the courage in a way to be different, to be oneself. St. Francis de Sales has that marvelous line, be yourself and be that well in order to give glory to the master, master craftsman whose handiwork you are. God doesn't make mistakes. You have different gifts from the person sitting next to you or in the same home with you or in the same job with you. And you will see things differently, but that really isn't a threat. It is important that we learn to work together. That's crucial. But it's also important that we're free to pipe up about things that we think are important in different ways. And therefore, for the church to be safeguarded by the, all these different varieties, it's not unlike the genes and genetics, you know, they look at sickle cell anemia and they say, well, it is a problem, but in that part of Africa, there's a particular fly or a mosquito and it helps protect against that particular disease. And so it seems like a harm, but actually it's a, it's a solace, a solution, and a cure. I sometimes do outreach to the MIT students, and in a way kid, by simply offering a homily as a number. A number is a homily. The number today is 1937. 19, what number? 1937. Now in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, in the margin, everything's numbered. So if you repair online or your late dollar book, paperback of the catechism, um, you'll find that 1937 is a quote from that doctor of the church, St. Catherine of Siena. It is a marvelous line, which my experience is people never notice the implications of, never meditate, never allow themselves to unpack it enough for full real life use. And in the dialogues, God is saying to her, this is not Catherine of Siena, but God speaking to her, saying, I never give all the virtues to any one person. I give a deep faith to this one and a rich charity to another. And then varied virtues, let's say for instance, a uh, deep humility to one and a great, great courage to another. Seemingly disparate virtues, so that you will all need each other. So you will all need each other. People often ask, why go to Mass on Sunday? People have renewed their understanding of the question in their own hearts and heads and bodies by the longing to be back together after COVID. If you didn't feel isolated during COVID, you're never gonna feel isolated. And people in that period took 
new sense, new stock of what it means to come together on every Sunday as a community, to form a community and to build a community, to reach out to other people and get them here on Sunday. We know the Word of God and we know the body of Christ. But there's that third thing, and that's the body of Christ in the sense of the people of God, the mystical body of Christ, which St. Paul wrote about, Pius XII wrote about in encyclicals, Mystici Corporis Christi, and so on. And we work to form that and to enlarge that every time. We work to come together, see who's here, who they're missing, give them a call, and to build that up all the time. There's someone who's sick who can't get here, so one of the choir is bringing him communion. Do you see the pics right there? He's going to bring him communion after this Mass. So he's with, here, with us, Gladden's with us implicitly, uh, because George is going to bring him from the, get down from the choir and then remember to bring him communion, which is such a lovely thing. So that matter of realizing that none of us are given all the gifts, we all need each other. And therefore, the, the quote continues from the dialogues of Catherine of Siena, Doctor of the Church that therefore you will also be my ministers to each other, looking out for each other and helping each other. Now the implications of that, as I say, are never fully drawn out by any of us because life's complex, we're busy with other things and we're workaholic in our culture and so on. But if I could give one, one mention of how to tease it out, one of the dear, one of the direst implications, most important is this. People can be given a lot of this virtue, a lot of stuff or whatever, and they could think that all the dough they've been given or whatever is to be used by them. When actually, in a way, you could argue some of it's to be shared with others. They don't have to impoverish themselves. We're not saying that. But the fact is that some of it could be given in benefactions, which could be done ingeniously to aid the life of the world. You know, Voltaire's line, God made everything out of nothing. Sometimes the nothing still shows through. Well, some people don't have enough funds for things. If you help people, you'll never forget it. On the last day, you'll say, my God, I thank God I did that. I made my life count. And so people have been given this gift, that gift, the other. If they share it with others, and you do, I know you, you all do, what a great impact you've had. What a great impact you've had. And to learn by comparison contrast, to put it the other way, if we didn't, life would have passed us by. If we didn't, we would have missed the very point of our own lives. How God set us up with these gifts of the wheelbarrow when he sent us forth. We had to unpack them and give them out and help and use them to create not only help in the world, but ourselves to realize who we were called to be and become whom we were called to be by the grace of God. Good Father Kelly redid the chapel of the women doctors of the church. And he has quotes on the back wall from the four different women doctors of the church. And whenever I go in, I always point to the first one. I ask people who are with me that we say it together. And do you know what it is? Be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. Your diversity will not be a threat, be the very reason you're put here for the common good. Be who you are and you will set the world on fire. Could we say it together? Be who you are and you will set the world on fire. Amen.